it's about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are, because together, we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. I had high fevers as a child and was given medicine that stayed my teeth. Kids bullied me, made fun of me, asked me if I knew how to brush my teeth. It not only affected my self-esteem, it made me self-conscious about my smile. I did not want to smile as a kid. People were always asking me what was wrong with me. I just didn't want to open my mouth because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I don't want another kid to feel the same way I did growing up. This is the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. My name is Sherry Wirtz. I'm a dental hygienist and I've been in the dental field for over 30 years. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about caring for your child's teeth, six to 12 months. In order to survive and thrive, we need four things, oxygen, water, nutrition, and sleep. All of these things start with our mouth and our nose. We treat our mouth and our nose like isolated parts of our body. When the truth is, if we want the best possible health outcome, our mouth, our nose, and teeth are a great place to start to live that happy, healthy life. So why not start caring for our mouth and noses as soon as we are born? Our mouth is a gateway into our body. And if we're not breathing correctly, our mouth has diseases and we think that we're healthy, but we're not as healthy as we think. Our Apple watches even tell us to breathe. I know mine does. I've always had breathing issues. Our teeth are the strongest surface in our body and our tongue is the strongest muscle in our body. Yet we put our mouth last on the list of things to do and take care of. Why? Because we don't have pain in them. But just because we don't have pain doesn't mean there's not a problem in our mouth. The first thing we use when we're born is our mouth. Our moms, once they clean off the babies, they hand us the mom and we latch to start feeding the baby. Sucking and chewing are required for nursing and they help develop facial muscles, stimulate stem cell growth and create stronger bones and better airway. A few hundred years ago, mothers breastfed until their toddlers were two and five years old, sometimes older. Today, it's frowned upon if nursing, if your toddler is walking around. I know my daughter didn't get teeth till she was 13 months old. So I nursed her just a little past that. And I would get looks, especially if I didn't cover myself up when I was nursing. And I just, I think that's really sad because nursing is important for our kids and we used to do it. And our kids had better airways and straight teeth. And now they don't. We're starting to see more crooked teeth because we're not nursing as long. We usually stop around the age of six months or we go back to work and we start pumping and then we're feeding them through a bottle. So unless we're having a bottle that opens our child's airway in their mouth, they're starting to develop a more vaulted narrow palate, which is something we'll talk about a little longer. The longer your child is sucking and chewing, the better their airways, the better their jaw and facial muscles develop. And there used to be a lower incidence of snoring, grinding, crooked teeth, ADHD, and sleep apnea. Now we're seeing adults with CPAP machines. And I feel like that all stemmed from what happened the first year of our life. So that's why I'm talking about that now. We don't give much thought to how we breathe. We certainly do it unconsciously. We don't even check to see if our kids are breathing or if they're having a breathing problem unless they're having trouble latching. So let's start with breathing. Your baby can't even breathe through their mouth until they're three months old. 
So that's why it's important to use that little sucky thing and suck out their nose and clear their nose. I recommend clear. It's spelled X-L-E-A-R. It has xylitol in it. It's a nasal spray, nasal drops. You can get it for adults and infants. The infants have a little elephant on the bottle. If you put that in your child's mouth, that will help clear out their nose and also help kill the bacteria that cause cavities. Why is this even important? Even before your baby is born, the pregnant mother can proactively influence her child's future oral health. How you breathe as a mom can affect your child. The health of your mouth can affect your child. It's called maternal imprinting. The mother passes their, her makeup and microbiome onto the baby. Whether it's good or bad, you pass it to your baby. So if the mother has good oral microbiome, her baby has a healthy start. And if you do not have a healthy mouth when you're pregnant, you can actually deliver early preterm delivery, or you can have a baby that has a lower birth weight. So it's important that you know the health of your mouth before you're pregnant and you get your teeth cleaned if you have gum disease every three months during your pregnancy. Kaysen's point, studies show that a pregnant mom that uses xylitol can actually decrease dental decay in her child. Sadring and Noki have a study and it's actually on Clear's website. It's xlear.com, Spry Dental Defense. And there's studies about this that you can read about. I like to keep these short, so I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's something that you can look into and it actually is a thing. If your baby, infant, or toddler begin to breathe through their mouth, their fight or flight system is activated and your body thinks it's in an emergency state. Germs enter and spread through your body from several paces, most of them through the mouth and nose. Though we need to pay attention to cleaning our noses most definitely, making sure your mouth is clean is especially important to your health and the health of the others around you. Pay close attention to your oral hygiene. The bacteria and viruses that enter our mouth can spread to other parts of our body easily, contributing to systemic diseases as we age. First and foremost, the mouth is a gateway for bacteria that cause cavities and gum disease, but germs can also infiltrate through your body. The mouth causes greater problems elsewhere. If you have bacteria or disease in your mouth, studies have shown people with poor oral hygiene that suffer from gum disease that bacteria can actually slip into their bloodstream and it can lead to cardiovascular disease. The plaque buildup can actually accumulate in your blood vessels, contributing to heart disease. Poral hygiene has also been linked to diabetes, oral cancers, even Alzheimer's. Your mouth and your nose can host viruses like SARS, COVID, and they can actually infect your airway and get into your lungs. Again, oral hygiene is much more important than you think. And it's more than just about a pretty smile and straight white teeth. It's about your whole body, making sure that your gums and teeth are clean. So if those germs enter your body, they're not causing destruction. In order to thrive and grow, bacteria needs to stick. And it goes through a process called cornorum. And it, all the cells come together and create a colony. So agents like xylitol can actually inhibit the cells from sticking. And the bacteria can't survive and then they're flushed out of the body. So we need to start looking in our infant's mouth as soon as they're born, get familiar with what's normal for them. So that way we can catch things that maybe aren't normal sooner. So what exactly are we looking for? Does your child have difficulty feeding? They might have a lip or tongue tie. Are they snoring, grinding? Again, they're not gonna grind until they get teeth. Are they breathing through their mouth or their nose once they're six months? Where is their tongue? Is it on the roof of their mouth? Is it on the floor of their mouth? How do they swallow? Does their tongue go forward? Does it go up? 
Do they have a, a sucking habit? Are they sucking their thumb or their fingers or their clothes? At six months, your baby is more active and begins exploring the world around them. They start using their hands and they use their mouth as a sensory receptor. That means that their hands and mouth are working together and they're putting things in their mouth. And then they start to explore with their feet. It's around about six months when your baby starts putting their feet in their mouth. So remember, when your baby is putting all these things in their mouth is a window into their world. And that's how they learn, explore, touch, feel, taste, even smell. Mouthing and mouth play is an important part of your baby's development. And your little one also mouths to learn to calm themselves. Your baby may mouth their fingers, their fists, their thumb. And it's also known as self-soothing. So a pacifier is something that helps them soothe. You will see less sucking and more chewing once they start getting teeth. The trick is to find safe, appropriate objects or chew toys, ones that they aren't going to choke on. When my daughter was little, they didn't have the options that they have today. ARK, A-R-K, makes chewy tubes that are safe, non-toxic, latex-free, lead-free, and they're made in the USA. So I love their products. You can get them on Amazon. Some parents are hesitant to give their kids chewy toys because they're afraid that they might choke or it might hurt their gums. So it's important that you supervise while you give your child something that they put in their mouth. Between the ages of six and nine months, your baby's gag reflex starts to move from the front third to the back third of their tongue. So they start to explore with the front, middle, back sides of their tongue. So be mindful of what you give them so they don't choke and gag. And again, hopefully you've already been wiping your baby's gums but since the first few days that they were born, but wiping their mouth with a damp cloth or a moist piece of gauze is important to remove as much bacteria as possible. Did you know bacteria causes tooth decay? And it can even be passed from your mouth to your baby's mouth. If you put the pacifier in your mouth to clean it and then stick it in your baby's mouth, you now have given them the bacteria that are in your mouth that they may not have had. So like many things, there is research for both and against this practice. I recommend that you rinse it off and don't put it in your mouth unless you know that your mouth is really healthy. And bacteria is familial. So you're going to pass the bacteria when you kiss, if you share utensils, and pretty much everyone in your family has the same bacteria for that reason. As we discussed in the last episode, your baby's teeth will begin to appear as early as six months. It's very rare a baby is born with teeth, but it does happen. Baby teeth can decay as soon as they appear in the mouth, especially if they become in contact with sugary foods, liquids for prolonged periods of times. So that's why it's important that you wipe out your baby's mouth and you start brushing them as soon as they get teeth. Even fruit juice, sweetened water, formula, breast milk can actually cause cavities. So that's why we recommend you don't put your baby to bed with a bottle or a sippy cup. And that if you use a pacifier, you don't put anything on it and that you don't use the bottle as a pacifier. So even though your baby's teeth are gonna fall out, it's important that you take care of them. Some parents think that oral care isn't important in the early years of life because the baby teeth are gonna fall out anyway. However, this is a really important period in your child's life that you should establish good oral home care and a good environment in your child's mouth because it can lead to a lifetime of healthy or unhealthy teeth and gums. Studies show that xylitol early in a child's life has long lasting effects in decreasing cavities in their mouth. Again, cavities are the number one preventable childhood disease. So wouldn't you wanna do anything possible to prevent that from happening? Most kids have gotten their first cavity by the age of five, and sometimes they have even more than one. So it's important, it is totally preventable by just starting early, looking in their mouth, 
making sure that you wipe their teeth and that you disrupt the plaque and bacteria in there. And xylitol actually kills the streptococcus mutans that cause cavities. So not putting your baby to bed with a bottle, brushing their teeth before they go to bed after you give them a bottle is going to be a good start. So hopefully you've already started wiping your baby's gums with a washcloth or a gauze. Once your baby gets their first teeth at age six months, you're gonna to wanna to start to use a little toothbrush to get in there and brush their teeth. Some babies might not get their first tooth until 12 to 14 months. My daughter was one of those. She got her first tooth when she was 13 months and her second tooth when she was 14 months. So remember, they can get decay as soon as they appear. But if they don't follow the eruption tooth chart that you see, don't be alarmed. Those are just guidelines and not all babies stick to those. A baby already has their 20 primary teeth present in their jaws at birth. They don't typically appear in your baby's mouth until they're six months to one year, but they still are developing below the surface. And most children have their full set of 20 primary teeth by the age of three. So to see the order of how the teeth break through, you can click below and download the eruption chart. I have included that in as a link in this podcast. Every child is different. And when their teeth come in are going to be different. Usually the first two bottom teeth come in before the top teeth, but it can reverse. The top teeth can come in first. Once they get all of their baby teeth, their first permanent molars will come behind those 20 teeth. So they're not actually going to lose a tooth before they get their first permanent molar. Some babies have sore tender gums when teething, some babies not. Gently rubbing their gums with a wet washcloth or gauze pad can actually help soothe them. I would put a wet washcloth in the freezer and use that to rub my daughter's gums and it was very soothing to her. You can also use baby teething rings and they can chew on those. Just make sure that if you get one that has liquid in it, you don't put that in the freezer because when they chew through those, they can actually cause damage. So if you do put something in the freezer, make sure it's something that's meant for the freezer. And so your baby might get cranky, they might be in pain, and you may want to consult a dentist or a physician. Baby teeth are important to your child's development. It helps them chew, speak, smile, swallow. They hold the space in the jaws for the permanent teeth that are growing underneath them. When a baby tooth is lost too early, the permanent tooth can drift or the, another baby tooth can drift into that space, making it difficult for the adult tooth to find the room to come in. This is when you see crowded or crooked teeth. And that often starts with good oral health care and protecting the baby teeth. So you don't need to get one of the baby teeth taken out. Although when my daughter's first upper molars came in, they took out the baby molars and she ended up needing to have a tooth pulled and having interceptive orthodontics. So I used to think that interceptive orthodontics meant you start at age six, but after speaking with Dr. Boyd, I realized that we can start it as early as three. And my daughter probably should have started then because her teeth, her baby teeth were really tied together. While they looked really cute, I knew as a dental hygienist that was gonna be a problem. I just didn't know that I should take her to the dentist before she even got all of her baby teeth or when she got all of her baby teeth, I didn't know I should be looking for that. So I'm gonna talk more about that in a later episode but we're just gonna talk about what happens now between six and 12 months. So after the first tooth comes in or no later than the first birthday, that's when you should take your child to a dentist for a well baby checkup. Well, my daughter didn't get a tooth till 13 months, so apparently I wasn't gonna take her. So besides checking for cavities, they can check for other problems like tethered tissues, oral habits, malocclusion, and things like that. Again, you're gonna to have to find a dentist and ask that question before you make an appointment. Do they see children that young? Not all dentists see children that young. And you're gonna to wanna to know that before you make an appointment and get your child there. So let's talk speech 
milestones. Speech can have an effect on your child. And if they have an open mouth posture, it can affect their speech. They can have a lisp, especially when they say S sounds. Speech can be affected by how your teeth develops. And if your tongue goes up to the roof of your mouth or thrust forward, if you have a tongue thrust or a tongue thrust swallow, that can absolutely affect your speech and your teeth. When we think about teeth, we mostly think about them to chew and eat our food. We don't think about how important they are to communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And it's easy to overlook speech disorders at the beginning, especially looking at tongue posture. So what are some common speech disorders? Well, they usually start with the frontum attachment, meaning in the upper lip or the tongue. If your child is tongue-tied, they won't be able to stick their tongue out and they may have difficulty pronouncing sounds like D, L, N, R, and T. And if they are tongue-tied, they might not have a full range of motion with their tongue. Fortunately, this problem can be addressed with minor surgical procedure. Unfortunately, it goes unnoticed, especially if it's not an anterior tongue-tie and it's more of a posterior tongue-tie. A lot of times doctors will say, let's just wait on that. I'm gonna tell you that it's probably not good to wait on a posterior tongue-tie because it can affect their speech they're breathing, they can have headaches, and a lot of other things that are a problem with growth and development. And we compensate. If they're tongue-tied, even though they can stick their tongue out, when they put their tongue up to the roof of their mouth, when their mouth is open, the whole floor of the mouth will lift up. And that actually engages the neck muscles, causing sore neck, sleep apnea, chronic headaches, crowded teeth, a high vaulted palate, because your tongue is not up in the roof of your mouth, actually putting pressure to make that spread out. So it actually is what we call vaulted. And the floor of your mouth is actually, the roof of your mouth is the floor of your nasal cavity. Also, if they have prolonged some thumb sucking and they're applying unnatural pressure on their teeth, that can cause the teeth to be out of position and also cause the palate to be malformed. As a result, your child can develop what's known as an open bite. And when they have an open bite, their tongue absolutely thrusts through there. So now you need braces and you need myofunctional therapy to correct the habit. And these often lead to malocclusion. So what is malocclusion? It describes when the teeth are not properly aligned in the jaw the way they need to be, causing an open bite and creating speech problems, bad habits. Orthodontic appliances are usually used and can help move the teeth into position or expand the palate if you get to it soon enough. A lot of times they tell you to wait until your child is seven. And I now that I know what I know, it's better that you get to them when they're three or four. So you're going to want to find an orthodontist that knows about this kind of stuff. Eventually, children will lose their teeth and they'll get all of their permanent teeth in between the ages of six and 14 years. If a tooth is lost prematurely, it can cause speech issues. So again, it's something that you want to look at, their tongue position, their tongue posture. So between the ages of four and six months, babies respond to the word no. They hear the sound of your voice, and they can be fascinated by toys and music that make sound. Between seven and 12 months, your baby listens when spoken to, and they actually respond to fun games like patty cake and peekaboo. So what's next? Yikes. Bath, bedtime, brushing, and sleep. Establishing a routine is important with your little ones. No matter what routine it is, it's important to have one. Developing good habits when your kids are young will help them have good habits when they're older. It's much easier to start good habits now rather than try to incorporate them later. Our routine was bedtime, brush your teeth, read a story, go to bed for three years. I wish I had stuck to that routine. When people say your kids don't need structure, I disagree. They absolutely need structure and routine. 
It's okay to veer from the path occasionally, but structure and routine provide them with a sense of security and a good night's sleep, which is important for their daily activities. If they don't get enough good sleep, it affects all aspects of their life, mostly impacting their behavior if they don't get enough sleep. My daughter would have a meltdown if she was tired and that's when I knew she didn't get good sleep. So developing a good sleep routine with your children is crucial. Learn from me. I created a crazy routine not to deal with what was going on with my life. I kept moving, thinking everything was all right, but it caught up to us. Not only sleep patterns, but also in diet. So once you break from your routine, it's hard to create a new one. That's a whole nother topic for another episode, but establishing routines is gonna be really important, not only for yourself, but for your child as they grow. Habits, as far as toothbrushing and eating, are something that your kids learn from you. Even what you say, trust me, the first time my child said something to me, I was like, I don't sound like that, do I? I knew where she got it from, but I was appalled. I had no idea that's what I sounded like. So your kids definitely learn from you. And in my family, we have allergies and sensitivity to foods. It's just in our genetic makeup. We're allergic to preservatives, both my mom, myself, my daughter, my sister and one of her kids are affected by things that we eat. Sometimes we can eat something and a half an hour to an hour later, we're taking a nap. So we had to cut out all processed foods, preservatives, artificial additives. So we can't eat lunch meats, bacons, hot dogs. They're an absolute no for us. We eat whole foods that have not been altered from their original state and are not genetically modified. No sugar. So we had to limit sugar, high fructose corn syrup, maple syrup, table sugar, refined sugars, even honey, which was really hard to do, but we had repercussions, did not feel good, were very tired. So we just had to know what foods we could eat and what we couldn't. Even fruit juices, even if they're hundred percent real fruit juice, they have simple carbs and sugars. So we pretty much ate veggies like Brussels sprouts and broccoli and meats. So my daughter would eat chicken and broccoli for breakfast for years. She was an ice skater and she was always starving and that was her favorite. So chicken and broccoli was what we had for breakfast. Then our life got busy with skating and we started eating a lot of fast foods and eating out and we paid for it and our health suffered big time. And your body keeps score. I know ours does. If we ate foods three days in a row, we were sick for three days in a row. So there's a book called The Body Keeps Score, Brain, Mind, Body in Healing Trauma. So even traumas you have are part of that. Bessel van der Kolk, um, wrote the book. And it wasn't easy for me to read, but it does make sense. Dr. Stephen Lynn has a book called The Dental Diet. His book has great information on what foods to eat, what foods are good for your mouth and your gut. It's all connected. The foods we eat are way more important than you think. Since the agricultural revolution, our food has changed and we have introduced a softer, more processed food, sugary diet, changing the way we chew. This is affecting our mouth, our muscles, our tongue, making it weaker, making our teeth more crowded, our airways smaller. The shapes of our faces are even changing. Our mouths are changing because our diet has changed and we're chewing less. Chewing actually widens our upper arch, our palate, making room for our tongue. Again, the roof of our mouth is the floor of our nose. So if we're not chewing and developing our upper jaw or we get early and widen our upper jaw, we don't have the proper place for our tongue and our lower teeth don't fit into our upper teeth and causing a cross bite or a class three bite where our lower teeth come out forward. Again, this is a whole nother discussion, but it's really important. We need to go back to the basics, watching our oxygen, our water, our nutrition, our sleep. I've touched on a few of these points. We didn't get into what kind of water was best and the pH of your mouth. When we go to the dentist, we're told we need to brush, floss, and visit our dentist twice a day. 
but having a healthy mouth is more than just about brushing and flossing and visiting your dentist. Hopefully you see that by listening to me. It's about tongue posture, teeth positioning, how you're breathing, what you're eating, what water you're drinking and controlling the pH. So hopefully this was really helpful to you and we'll get deeper into all of these subjects with future episodes and special guests that know a little bit more than I do. The past eight months and my cancer has taught me about a lot of things and how we need to be our own healthcare advocate and how our healthcare system is actually a sick care system. And we need to look at mouth breathing, cavities, gum disease, airway obstruction, malocclusion. Our noses and our mouths are not predetermined by our genetics. We have interceptive things that we can do to reverse the damage that's been done by our oral habits and our food habits, changing our tongue, our posture, chewing more, breathing through our nose and caring for our mouths better. Again, we need to be our own healthcare advocate. You need to be an advocate for your children and we need to take ownership of our health. Again, click the link below to download the PDF. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from today's podcast, what you loved, what you wanted more information on. I'd love to hear from you. A healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast? All I'm asking is for you to do three things. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, tell me what it is you'd like me to answer on the podcast, anything about mouth health. And if you'd like for me to leave a shout out, make sure that you leave a name. That's all you need to do. Then just make sure you tune in and listen so you can hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. And join us next time on the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. If you'd also like more information, you can head over to www.dentalhygiene411.com where I have more resources and information for all things mouth health.